Shalom listeners, and welcome to the 11th podcast in our weekly series, Worship Insights Through the Bible. And this week we are going to look at the grain offering as found in Leviticus chapter 2. In the previous podcast, we looked at the burnt offering, and as we have seen, the burnt offering is the perfect fulfillment of the law regarding our commitment toward God. The first four of the Ten Commandments summarize our love towards God. Matthew 22, verse 37, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. And this was a quote from Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4. The grain offering, on the other hand, is the perfect fulfillment of our commitment towards our brethren. The grain offering symbolizes Christ's love toward us, his neighbors. This godly love toward neighbor is summarized in the last six of the Ten Commandments. Matthew 22, verse 39, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Therefore, the burnt offering and the grain offering are closely connected. And here you can read Numbers 28, verses 11 to 12. Judges 13, verse 19, and Ezra 7, verse 17. For the sake of time, I'm not going to read the portion of Scripture to you, so I would really encourage you to read Leviticus chapter 2 before listening to the podcast. Now, this sacrifice, when we offered the grain sacrifice, it consisted of fine flour, oil, frankincense, unleavened cakes with oil, and salt. And unlike the burnt offering, the grain offering therefore supplied provision for the priests. It was described as most holy and was unique from the burnt offering in that it was not limited to God alone. So how does Jesus now fulfill the grain offering? In the burnt offering, as well as the grain offering, The offering is the body of Jesus, but that body is seen offered in different aspects. In the burnt offering, we see Jesus as man satisfying God, giving him his portion and receiving confirmation that it is acceptable. In the grain offering, Jesus is seen as fulfilling man's duty to man. Here we see man satisfying his neighbor and giving man his portion as an offering to the Lord. And we will see this as we examine the typical importance of each of the materials of the grain offering. So let's begin with the flour. Brown flour, which points to sinlessness and suffering. In Isaiah 53 verse 5, we read, He was bruised for our iniquities. The symbol of corn ground to powder is one of the deepest suffering. The thought is one of bruising and grinding, of pressing, wearing and trial. In meeting the wants of man, Jesus' soul was grieved and pressed and bruised continually, even to death. The bruising here was from those to whom he was ministering and to whom he himself gave on a daily basis. The grain offering was not only flour, but fine flour. And when we look at fine flour, you will see there's no unevenness in it. 
And that is just how Jesus was. Always the same and unchanged by circumstances. Now we come to the oil. The grain offering had to be mixed with oil, which symbolized the anointing with the Holy Spirit. In Acts 10 verse 38, we read, God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good. In Luke chapter 4 verse 1, Here we see Jesus quoting from Isaiah 61 verse 1, And the Spirit of the Lord was upon me, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. Typically speaking, Jesus began to bring his grain offering when the Holy Spirit descended in bodily form like a dove upon him, and that we can read in Luke 3, 22. Just before his death, Jesus told his disciples in Luke 24 verse 49 that they were to to tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endured with power from on high. This, of course, was speaking of the Holy Spirit. And likewise, we require not only truth, but also the power of the Holy Spirit if we want to minister successfully. And then we come to the frankincense. The grain offering included frankincense, but not honey, as honey is perishable. Sweet incense or frankincense is symbolic for the prayers of the saints. We read that the Magi gave frankincense as a gift to the Christ child. This has been understood as a reference to Christ becoming our high priest, who represents us before God the Father in heaven. So here we see him in his priestly ministry. In frankincense, the full fragrance was not brought out until the perfume had been submitted in action of fire, while the heat would spoil the honey. Much of the precious odor of our Lord Jesus Christ was the very result of the fiery trials that he went through. We then come to the salt. The grain offering included salt. There had to be salt, but no leaven. Now let's have a look. Leviticus 2 verse 11. No grain offering which you bring to the Lord shall be made with leaven. And verse 13. And every offering of your grain offering you shall season with salt. Salt was a well-known preservative against corruption. And it is the symbol of permanency. So let's look at permanency, what God's promises here in Numbers 18 verse 19. All the holy contributions that the people of Israel present to the Lord I give to you and to your sons and daughters with you as a perpetual due. It is a covenant of salt forever before the Lord for you and for your offspring with you. And it is also symbolic of incorruption. Whilst leaven, on the other hand, which is composed of sour and corrupting dough, is the well-known emblem of corruption. And it's often referred to as sin in the Bible. Here we have the key to these emblems. Jesus, in his offering, brought that with it, which not only secured it from becoming corrupt, 
but which supplied a preservative against corruption to whatever he might come in contact with. Now, when we look at ourselves, the power of the flesh in us may be controlled and its active energy can be restrained or weakened. But however, the leaven, that sin, is still within us, waiting, just waiting for an opportunity to rise. But this was not so with Jesus. And even though he had been born through a natural birth, he was born of God and in his nature, as well as his walk, he was totally sinless. Therefore, when after a trial of centuries, both burnt offerings and grain offerings had failed in man's hand, Jesus, in the body that was prepared for him, came to do his Father's will, and he was accepted for us. Now, the grain offering was not completely burnt. In this, it differed from the burnt offering. Christ, as performing man's duty to God, in the burnt offering was completely the food portion of God, completely put upon the altar and completely consumed by him. Christ as performing his duty to man, which is now the grain offering, was also man's portion, the food of the priests. But even here he satisfied God. The priest had to take a handful of fine flour and oil with all the frankincense and burn it as a memorial on the altar an offering made by fire, a sweet aroma to the Lord. This teaches us that even in fulfilling man's duty to his neighbor, Christ fulfilled it as an offering unto the Lord. Although God had a portion in the grain offering, it was nevertheless especially the food of man offered for us to God, but also given to us as priests to feed on. For us, as grain offering, Jesus fulfilled what was due to man. He did this as our representative, as the substitute of those who trust him. And in this aspect of the offering, our souls can find peace. Now, God's standard is always full obedience. And in the burnt offering, he required the perfection in every member and then the entire surrender of every member. So it was a total offering, total surrender. In the grain offering, he required entire devotedness. And as an offering to the Lord, in the grain offering, the offerer gives himself as man's food portion, yet it is given as an offering to the Lord. Although the offering fed the priests, it was offered not to them, but to the Lord. Therefore, let us, when ministering to others, offer ourselves like Jesus did, unto the Lord and not unto man. He was spent for others, though the more he loved them, the less he was loved. If we are doing something just to be seen or to be accepted by man, then our labor will cease when it is rejected by man. But if we labor in the same spirit as Jesus did, we will find that although our love or work is slighted or it's not appreciated, it will be accepted by him to whom 
we offer it. So whatever you do, do as unto the Lord, not as unto man. And know that everything you do, God sees. And so I pray that this week, you will be blessed and you will go forth and you will be a blessing to those around you. Remembering that everything you do, show that love to your neighbor. And remember that God sees every act. And so God bless you until next week.